Hi everyone, this is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership. Our guest today is Alec Stern. Alec is an entrepreneur, a speaker, a mentor, and an investor, and he has been a co-founder or founding team member of eight startups, five exits, two IPOs, and three acquisitions, and one of those was as co-founder and original top three member of Constant Contact, where he worked with it for 18 years and then went through an IPO where he sold it at a valuation of $1.1 billion. So you're going to love hearing what Alex has to say on what it took him to pay the price of leadership. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain on leadership. And today, I am tremendously excited to welcome our guest, the one, the only, Alex Stern. And Alec is an entrepreneur, a speaker, a mentor, and an investor. He has become known as America's startup success expert for performing hundreds of keynotes in front of audiences worldwide for his active breakout sessions and as a two-time Visionary Award winner at top conferences. Alec is also the co-founder and a founding team member of startups, of eight startups, I'm sorry, with five exits, two IPOs, and three acquisitions, all right? He was the primary member of Constant Contacts, I'm sure you've all heard of that founding team, and Alec was one of the original three who started the company in an attic. Alec was with the company for 18 years from startup to IPO to a $1.1 billion acquisition. Alec, we are just so excited to have you on the Leadership Podcast today. Uh, thank you, Trace. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. And, and just, I know we hear all of these success, all these things. I can't wait to hear about all the, the, the joyful uh, successes and triumphs. But today we're really also talking about the price you had to pay to make all those things happen. And um, my father wrote a little booklet. One of his speeches was called The Price of Leadership. And in it, he listed leadership as one of the most joyful things and also one of the toughest things you're going to have to do. You know, anything worthwhile is going to be difficult. Um, but the first price that he mentioned was loneliness. And we've all heard that phrase, you know, it's lonely at the top. But based on where you are and reflecting back on your journey as a leader, can you share with our leaders listening about what loneliness means to you as a leader, what it shouldn't mean, and maybe reflect on some times that you dealt with it in your career and how you would um, encourage others if they are in that season of, of loneliness? Sure. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting topic. Um, you know, for, for, uh, so I say the first thing is, uh, and, and I've always lived by this and I, anything that I've been involved with, I make sure that we're, we're sort of all on the same page that, okay. uh, want to be title agnostic. Right. And so, so it doesn't matter who, what your title is. Leaders don't need a title. Uh, if you're a leader, you'll lead regardless of what, what you're called. And some people got to get really hung up on, uh, on, uh, I need the, t I need this title and I don't want anyone above me or, you know, any other than one to the one level of the CEO and all this other stuff, which really is just not, it, it just, I don't find a, find a place in business with that. So that being said, you know, like, you know, you're starting, starting a business, right? Three in an mm -hmm. attic, you know, I had, I wore a lot of hats and then as we were evolving, you know, I had to pe you know, peel off things and give them to somebody else to run them. You know, I was, you know, stay in your lane, right? That's the other thing. Like, you know, my lane, you know, go to market and, and channels and, mm. and scale. And, 
and yet, yet I was overseeing, you know, at, at, at times other, other areas, sales, sales, marketing, et cetera, uh, everything but finance and tech. And so, so, so it was, became lonely when you were peeling off, like it's sort of letting your, you know, sort of the baby go like off to college or what, like I had to give up huh. certain areas. So that, so, which meant also people that, that were working for me were going to go off to someone else. And I knew it was the right thing to do. Uh, but it's that it's that push pull, like bring in a C CMO and have the marketing team go and let them really take it to the next level because that wasn't my lane, and and so so it became it, moments of loneliness happened a lot as I would uh, pass things off or or uh, you know for the company to really grow, those are the sacrifices that I had to make, and and so it's not like sitting in the uh, like the ivory tower, you know C suite office sitting there being lonely because I'm a man of the people, so I was always you know, uh, rolling up my sleeves and working close with everyone. And um, so it was hard. It was hard when I didn't have the reasons or they didn't have the reasons necessarily to come into my office except to say hi and check in versus come in, you know, for, from a direct report perspective. So, so that's happened seven times, several times in my career. And there was, um, mm -hmm. and, and creating opportunity, I guess the last thing I would say, creating opportunity would mean that I would give up some of these things to go start something new, build it up, bring some people on and eventually give it up to someone else to run it. So I had a cycle of loneliness occurring on, you know, every couple of years with, with creating these new pockets of opportunity. And as they built up with some success, flip them for somebody else to sort of take them and run. So, so, and this has been through many of the businesses I've been involved in. So I, I feel like it's, 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 it's loneliness, but it's also growth. And so it's, it's a cost of growth, you know, uh, you know, in that, in the examples I've used. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you did tie that to it. It is the cycle of growth, growth. And I think, you know, you as an entrepreneur, and we probably have a lot of entrepreneurs listening. Um, do you think that that is kind of what is the market difference between an entrepreneurial leadership mindset versus somebody that's more the corporate type? You know, I don't, I've worked in both worlds and uh, I know you said that you don't need a title, but I even know sometimes, um, uh, entrepreneurs get hung up on, well, you know, I just, I got to be free to me, be me kind of thing. So you bring up this cool tension between, yeah, you, you're still creating, but, but you're all integrated and you need to do like, like a, a relay. you got to do this handoff at different times kind of thing. But what's your sense of that with the entrepreneurial mindset? Do you think you've got to uh, pretty much um, be constantly saying goodbye to certain things and hello to the next? Well, so, so, so from the entrepreneurial mindset, and if you're, if you're building a, if you're building a startup and, and you want to accelerate uh, growth, you're going to go get money. You're going to raise money. And odds are, you know, if it's, if it's a big idea, it's going to be big money and that's venture capital. Um, and so oftentimes, you know, when you bring in external money, they want adult supervision. Right. So, so they're going to bring in someone uh, to, to be in the business to either run it as CEO or president or, or COO or some title. Um, you know, they're obviously going to be, you know, uh, be part of part of the team from the board perspective. Um, mm -hmm. So, so, you know, right out of the gate, there's change, changes that are going to occur. And I, I say adult supervision, not, not as, not in an age perspective. No, I understand. Somebody who sees, someone who's seasoned. Right. Uh, you know, that, that can come in, who's been there and done that and can come in and, and have a better, you know, uh, looking for a better chance of a successful outcome mm -hmm. by and some other, so, some other leadership. And so, so I think there's that, that point. The second thing I would say is that, you know, if you have a corporate mindset, you know, I'd say, you know, you know what you're going to expect. You're going to go in and you're going to do a job and have your area of responsibility and, 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 you know, focus on your skills. When you're an entrepreneur, you're wearing all the hats. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so, 
Uh, and eventually, as I mentioned you know, earlier, like you're going to pick your lane and you got to stay in that lane. Okay. So when I meet startups and I meet new ventures, you know, some of the red flags for me, if there's one, you know, if there's one founder, if you will, then they can't do it all. And if they're going to be doing stuff that's out of their lane, they're going to spend a lot of time learning it and then doing it and not focusing on what they're, you know, what they're good at you mm-hmm. know, and, and what they're best at. The second scenario is like that maybe there are three co-founders and they're co-CEOs, you know, or, okay, well, who ultimately at the end of the day is going to be responsible? Like right. who will ultimately be that CEO and have that title? Like we all. And so they can't decide of the three who's going to run the business. So both of those are set up for sort of failure. And I think, you know, I think I bring those points up because there's from the entrepreneurial mindset that there, we, we need to be, you know, scrappy. You know, you've got to, you've got to prepare, be prepared to do it all, but you also have to look at the cost of doing it all. And so it's very costly. If you stay, if you don't stay in your lane, the amount of time you're going to spend oh, trying to do yeah. something else. And so think about your time value of money. I always look at everything and say, okay, if I'm worth a hundred dollars an hour, um, and, and I spend six to eight hours over here. So I'm going to spend six to $800 of my time to do something. Can I bring in a, you know, a, a virtual assistant, uh, an intern, uh, you know, a low level of uh, employee or some, some, someone to do those, a contract person while I can spend eight, six to $800 of my time in, in my lane, mm-hmm. which will ultimately drive to something, finishing off the product or, mm-hmm. or making a big sale or finding a right partnership or, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think we, we, you know, there's, you have to be really flexible, you know, in the startup scenario because you will, you will be called on to do a lot more than you would if you were just kind of a corporate mindset of taking a job. Yeah. Absolutely. And let me ask you also too, back on the loneliness, how, would, how did you get the sense that it was time to send the kids away to college and, and say, job well done, baby. I, I, I birthed you, I raised you. How did you get that sense or how did you know that? Well, I think, you know, the, um, um, I think uh, it's really, uh, I think that those are just decisions that need to be made you know, sometimes out of your control, if you will. Like, okay. so, so, so for example, uh, if there's no money coming in or you didn't get any investment or you, or you haven't made enough sales to then potentially be able to afford hiring a CMO, nothing changes, right? Like you're going to stay, keep doing these things. There's some things, you know, factors kick in where, you know, maybe there's a big inflow of, you know, venture capital money and it's like, okay, use of proceeds is we're going to really, you know, amp up marketing. So we're going to bring in a CMO, we're going to do these things or whatever. And so sometimes they happen, I guess, maybe the, you know, just again, a growth scenario versus, yeah. versus, you know, like you're just not cutting it. You know, if, if there's no one else, you know, you kind of look around as like, who's going to run marketing? Well, you, you know, uh, right. But eventually, you know, you're going to bring in the experts to, cause if that's not necessarily your, you know, your lane, if you will. Um, and so, so I think it's just really, um, I, you have to be open, open to the concept and you also have to know that it's going to come, it's going to come as a, as a, uh, as a as a positive cost to to growth. Okay, I, I love that. I love that you put and that's Bob Berg was on here and he was talking about that. When I'm out speaking, then who's back here in the business and can I hire somebody? So it's this tension um, going on. Now you talk a lot about the CMO, the marketing position, and I'm a publisher too. And I always tell people anybody can write a book. Okay, my dogs have written books. Okay, but it's marketing, marketing. Anybody you can publish a bestseller on Amazon tonight, but who markets it? So when you say marketing and CMO, is that primarily because you're you're starting up and scaling? that you know this is the one piece you really need or is that or, or would you 
you say that's everybody really that marketing piece is who comes in to scale it and to make it grow yeah so 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 uh the, the, the original reference point there was that i was overseeing sales business development and marketing okay and my lane was business development and, and okay sales, but but eventually i would strip that off it's like the analogy of if someone is um like the CTO and the, uh, the on the technical side, they might do product management okay. and do other things, but eventually you got to bring in the team to do that and just again stay in your lane. Got it. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for clarifying on that. So I love how you talked about singleness and the entrepreneur as the creator, as you, you've got to keep creating, but there's things that then are going to um, you know, have roots and go off on their own and, and you're, you're on to the next thing. So I love that insight. The next thing he talked about was weariness and you know, you had this vision, you're putting everything in. And as you said, there's times you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. But how do you, st how do you handle um, doing everything you do? You must run at a pretty intense pace. How do you stay replenished, refreshed? and uh, you talked a little bit about you know realizing the value of your time but but share with me how you really overcame some weariness or a time when weariness almost overcame you yeah we're weariness and obstacles I guess you know I, mm -hmm. I when I hear weariness I think of um, obstacles are things that weigh on you and that just you know slow you down and, mm -hmm. um, and so so I think one of the things that, that I've lived by is um, is and I learned this is a learned thing for me but but you've got to be able to handle, you got to figure out how to, how to tackle those obstacles. Right. And so, 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 um, you know, we often will walk into to the office in the morning and we'll write on the top of a piece of paper, the obstacle, and then we'll put a little box next to it. And we hope we check it, you know, by the, the end of the day, we don't. And it's, do we write it the next day we write it again or, you know, and, and so we just sort of avoid it. And, and so, so we have to go seek counsel around these obstacles. Okay. You're, you're not the first one who's had the obstacle. Many have had it before. Mm. Who's, who's succeeded at knocking it down? Who's failed at knocking it down? And, and what did they do to fail doing it? How did someone break it up into smaller pieces to mm. chip away at it? Because you've got to develop the muscle memory to knock down that obstacle because okay. sitting behind it is a bigger one. And you've got to knock that one down. And guess what? Behind that, a bigger one. Because as you're mm -hmm. advancing this business, these things are going to happen. And they drag you down. You, you, know, you, just, you just get deflated or they weigh on you so much. And I would say a lot of startups end up failing or they quit, throw in the towel, because these, they couldn't handle the obstacles that were in front of them. Mm -hmm. And so I've just developed a way to, to I find humor in everything in life. You know, okay. Sometimes not so appropriate. But I find, you know, you know, sitting at a funeral and getting everyone laughing. But I think it's important to talk about the, the, the happy times with someone and, and, yeah. and laugh it off, you know. And, yeah, and, and so the endorphins of laughing, you know, just will give you the extra oomph or, you know, uh, or uh, energy to, to tackle it. Um, and so, so I've had times where, where I find that obstacles were always, when there's a weariness period of time, there's an obstacle, there's an obstacle or something weighing on me. Uh, that, that, that sort of brought me, that would bring me down. Uh, that's kind of just, I sort of put those together a little bit just because that's, uh, that's just been from my experience. And, and I just became really good at knocking down those obstacles mm -hmm. so we can move forward instead mm -hmm. of being in a stuck point or, get, or have fear or stress or other things kind of come into, the, into play there. Right. Figure out how to how to advance. You know? Well, yeah, and I mean, not doing anything, just complaining about it, is the worst possible thing that you can do. Yeah. You know, many, that's all. Many people live there. They just want to talk, just complain about it. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah. one of the other things um, 
uh, Alec was one of my dad's three. He says there's three therapies in life, people, music, and laughter. I mean, he, and he had his heartbroken man. I mean, he was so jubilant, but you know, he, he'd get you laughing. I mean, I can remember him doing funerals and having people laughing because yeah. it was like, it's a celebration. And what are we going to do? Cry forever? You know, I, I lost my mom about, you know, six months ago, eight months ago. And that's the last thing she said to me. She's like, don't dwell, get back in there. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Just got to, got to keep on going. So I love, and I love that. And so you really recommend too, you know, the humor, just, just keeping the big picture, but also like kind of chunking it down into uh, uh, things. And would you do that when you listed the obstacle, would you then kind of tease it out or unpack yeah. it as a team? Well, okay. well, again, again, in seeking counsel, like, you know, it may be the first time you're experiencing it, but it's not for others. So, so you'll learn from others. Yeah. How did they break it down? Or like, I, I've got it down now to where I can figure that out, but but, but initially I would seek counsel to talk to, so I could learn from others. How do right. they, how do they knock it down? And oftentimes breaking it up into smaller pieces and learn, learn from, uh, from others and don't, you know, just don't sit there and think like, why me? Uh, you know, this has only happened to me. Believe me, go, go ask any other entrepreneur. And if anyone's gone all the way through the stages of, you know, of, through growth and exit they're, they, they've seen them all. So, yeah. you know, you're not the first one and you're not going to be the last one. Right. Right. And people have been through far, far worse than this. And that's why we encourage people to read books because you're going to see, you know, I know it's tough, but what makes it so much more pal palatable is that I know people way uh, more successful than me went through much, much deeper stuff. And then, as you said, now when you encounter these obstacles because of your experience, you hone your set of experiences and skills that you, you know, okay, I've encountered something that kind of looks like this. And so you've got your arsenal of resources to just, you know, right. start tearing it down. I love it. Yeah, okay. yeah. And just know it's coming and laugh it off when it does. It's like, what do you mean we can't make payroll Friday? <laughs> like, like, now that's funny. Yeah. I love you. No, but I love you said that because you know what? We're out here. Whenever I hear somebody complain about the man or whatever, I'm like, you've never had to make a payroll, have you? You have never had to say, it's a whole different, it's a whole different world out there. So I don't complain about the man anymore because I know what it's like to be out there trying to, trying to make it all come together. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Okay, so next he talked loneliness, weariness. The next thing he talked about was abandonment. And my father would tell people, we need to stop um, uh, thinking about what we like and want to think about in favor of what we need and ought to think about. And he also hit on your part about the wise counsel, finding the people, not the echo chamber or the ones that are going to say, oh, Alec, you're so brilliant. You know, you can't find a way out, but nobody could, you know, find the people that tell you what you need to hear. So what does abandonment mean for you, mean for you um, as a startup expert? And how would you encourage um, people out there what to abandon and and get clarity yeah so so uh, um, I don't know just a lot of thoughts kind of come into mind but but um, I think one of the so so one of the hard things is that you know uh, as as the stresses of, of starting something and growing something and you're you're in your lane and you're working on that mm -hmm. the challenges the challenges don't go away they just they get bigger huh. and so so I think one of the first things that come to mind is that you should be part of a peer group. Like go find some others that are in your same position. You know, you could find, you know, go, go get four, four, five, six, ten, 10, some group uh, that you could be meeting on a regular basis that you could be, be open and honest with each other. You know, you're not in your, in your work setting with your you know, management and others, you're going to be with your peers where you could go through and, and problem solve, and, and you know strategy strategy sessions with others who've either just been through it or guess what you know now now it hit and they're going through it now or like 
Uh, so I think you know, seeking counsel from and creating a peer group because it can be very lonely. <clears throat> and oftentimes you can be sitting there like thinking, uh, how about, how are we going to get, how am I going to get, how am I going to get this done? Mm-hmm. And so, so I think, you know, um, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me is to just put a group together of your peers, uh, that you could, that you could meet on a regular basis and have as a sounding board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they can speak into you things that you may not be able to see cause you're so up, so up close in it. Right. And that's, yeah. So, and the, you know, the, looking at 10,000 feet, you know, everyone's like, oh, we'll just step out, step out and look at it from a 10,000 foot perspective. It's really hard when you're in the weeds of it. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, so this, if you, if you go and seek, you know, uh, sort of have this peer group that you can be talking to, then they'll, they'll give you perspective. Okay. And, and experience, yeah. And Alex, do you have that? I mean, there's tons of these, you know, like I was in Vistage for a while. There's all these CEO groups. Um, can it be um, something that's less formalized or, or who are yours right now? And not necessarily names, but do you meet regularly? Are you kind of on an on-call check-in every now and then? How do you do it at your level? Yeah. So, so, um, and all, all of uh, like CEO space, um, you know, if you were familiar with, uh, unfortunately, the passing of Bernie Dorman. Uh, last week, but uh, just an amazing man and created an amazing thing like, you know, of a network, you know, and, and membership group that just help each other as, and as a group raise the water level of everyone. So, so I'm on faculty there. And so, so I get to experience, uh, just recently experienced about a month ago, one of their virtual con, uh, summits for their members. And so, you know, it's just, uh, th- those groups are great. And, and ones that are really interactive, like CEO Space does an amazing job of making sure everyone in in a summit knows everyone else and they figure out how to help each other and it's not just showing up and walking around uh you know uh, um the tables of a of a ballroom to try to meet people right it's more formal so i think it's really important those are important and i think they're great learnings um and there, there's also uh, uh not only just from the speakers but also from the other attendees and and then there's potential you know opportunity that that's for, formally creating opportunity for everyone Right. So that, that aspect of it. From my perspective, um, I have a, a group, sort of a peer group that I talk to on a regular basis. I also have um, the go-to for, for many as well that will come to me, um, you know, just from, from some of the past sort of experiences that we've had. So, so, so I do a fair amount, you know, I spend a fair amount of my time uh, seeking counsel of others and then providing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. And I love that, you know, the, the peer group is a lot of times we get in that because you, you want to network because it's good to support each other with business, but also I love that you're learning together, you know, and that's why people to go to conferences, not just to kind of good food or in the old days, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, um, a great learning opportunity to go to together. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think the funny thing is um, most people go and just figure if I just sit in the seat and I listen to those speakers, I'm going to get my aha moment and I'll go back to my, you know, to my day to day and, and all my problems will go away. And, and so I would say that there's a lot more to what a conference provides. Yeah. Uh, so one of my, uh, and this, this, I learned this a long time ago. I used to speak at a lot of stages and I would see the other keynotes and stuff, you know, for, for many years I've been doing this, but uh, I would want to go talk to one of the other keynotes. And if I wasn't in the green room of them, you know, you never, you'd never get an opportunity They get whisked mm-hmm. away or they come mm-hmm. in and speak and they leave and they go fly off to the next event. Um, but, or, and so I said, if I, if I get asked to keynote, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, I will be the first one to arrive and the last one to leave and I'll be present for all the other talks because I like to hear what other ones are saying. And then I'll weave right. to my talk 
some of what I've heard from the prior speakers. And, and so, so um, you know, I think uh, the thing that's interesting, so here I sit in this room for a three-day conference, let's say, mm -hmm. and I, I could count like less than 10% of the people, like, and that, that I'd be introduced, you know, from stage, the other speakers, like, and Alec, Alec is here, and, you know, the host, everyone's like telling who I, and, and less than 10% of the folks in the, in the room will come up to me. And I think what a missed opportunity. I'm here, I'm, I'm making myself available. I'm here to answer any questions, help you in any way. And, and yet nobody, you know, most people don't, don't take advantage of that. So, so it's one thing to show up, it's another to be present and to be, and to participate. I love that. I thank you for being so authentic with that because people that are out there, whether they're speakers or teachers or trainers, uh, I mean, it, it, you can look out and you can see who's engaged and who's not. And when you offer, hey, you know, I'll, I'll give stuff. If, if you just read this one book, your whole life will change. But people just, they just don't take the opportunity. So, and that's not an indictment on society. That's a reality. And I really appreciate you saying that because if there are leaders out there, they're growing their business and they may be like, I'm maybe not, I'm supposed to do this because I'm not getting, you know, 75% of the people engaged and, you know, doing a standing ovation. It's just, you know, there's, it's, it's just what part of the population is really ready to absorb and apply what they're hearing from you. Right. But so, so the other thing that you uh, kind of reading into what you just said, so go to the conference, you take all these notes, you, 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 you've learned a lot and you're inspired and whatever, and you go back to the hamster wheel of your day to day. And it's all out the window. Right. 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 So, so, so the, the last part of all of this is taking action. And so somebody who's learned all this and then going back, what are they going to just stop? And, and, you know, even if it's just four hours a week of innovation think time where mm -hmm. I'm just going to not focus on the day to day and I'm just going to sit here and think about how do we go to the next level or what's the challenge we want to tackle next or what's our vision, really our vision and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and are we le leaning into it every day? And, mm -hmm. And so I think we just, we, we just get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. So, uh, yeah. so leaders need to invest in themselves and participate in a variety of these things. They can get it on their own with podcasts and virtual summits and, and, and also books and, and what have you. They can attend and, and be present, you know, get out of the day-to-day. -day. Everyone says, I don't have time. I got to run this business. Well, make the time. Because a lot of the answers to what, how to go to the next level are usually – are usually going to be found with these other activities, not sitting in your office working every day. Right. Right. And, and I love that you brought up for the, those of you, if you go to a conference or you're listening online, do send Alec a note. Okay. Do send me it because a lot of times um, I, I don't know if sometimes people don't realize, yes, sometimes speakers get whisked in and they whisk right away because of their schedule. But then for people that hang out, do take advantage of that. Um, send them a note, send them an email, ask them a question because the thing about great leaders is they are always wanting to share their leadership with people that want it. And so, um, you know, you were talking about, all those questions and answers on your last one. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great sign of that. But it doesn't always, you know, I, I don't think, I was a very passive listener growing up as a younger leader. And then I realized, oh no, um, you know, I need to get in there and be very engaged. It, it's like sitting in church. You can sit there and zone out, but if you give me a bulletin, I'm going to have 15, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because otherwise, why show up if you're not going to really engage and be active about it and then go home and apply it? Right, you know? and the other, the other thing, I, like I, I'll, uh, I just love to see the ones that attend, but they're out in the hallway on the phone or they're outside of the, outside of the conference center or on the phone. And it's like, I got, I get, I got a, the day-to-day. -day. Like, you've got to just fight. Like, so, so a good leader has people who can run the business when they step away. Yes, I love that. You hire your replacement. 
right? Hiring right. a replacement. And a lot of a lot of people don't. And so so you so you you need to be able to stop and invest in yourself and invest in the business strategically and 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 let know that someone's gonna be able to manage it tactically. Well, that ties full circle back to abandonment. When you're in there, abandon everything else that just your mind is a vacuum and you got to push everything out that's not supposed to be there to allow leadership teachings from you or whoever else to come into it. Or that aha moment, if you're juggling all your tactical stuff or, or you know, worrying about what's going on back at the ranch while the cat's away, if the mice are, you know, it's just not going to happen. Right. And how many, how many leaders will go to a conference, three-day conference, sat through, sit through all the presentations? And come back and present to the to the company or to the management or like their learnings. What were the aha moments? What what were the what were the takeaways? You know, they just come back, say, conference great, you know, had a great time, heard a couple of great speakers, my favorite was this. Like, but but they're not taking advantage of really being present, capturing all of the this and then and then seeing how it applies to their business and then coming back and sharing that. Right. It's almost like um, uh, undercover boss, right? Uh-huh. And the boss goes out, you know, in, 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 into the day-to-day -day out in the, you know, amongst the people and seeing and learning and hearing all these things gets that aha moment. Well, think about like all the learnings that you just got that you come back and you share that you know, with the management team and say, or whoever the audience and, and say, I have, so, I've, 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 uh, I've, I, I've looking at things with it from a different perspective. Right. You know, and I want to share you, share some of those ideas with you. Right. And, and you, as a leader, you're casting, and we'll get to the next one, which is vision, um, your view of a better future. So hopefully at that conference, you got at least something. That's why I tell people, just read a book. I mean, even if you just get one good thing out of it, it's still one good thing. You know what I'm saying? So he talks about vision, um, not as some like Nostradamus or, you know, Galileo or, you know, whatever, but just really seeing what needs to be done and then doing it because um, you have to put the integration and the execution part of it. So what does vision mean for you? And how do you, as somebody that just goes from a great idea and then makes it happen and then goes to the next one, how do you, um, how do you morph or uh, scale or how do you stay on point with your vision, Alec? Yeah, so, so, so I think the, I think if we have a vision conversation, we have to have a mission conversation. So the mission and the vision, right? Because because one is uh, what you're going to sort of be doing day to day that's going to drive toward this big vision that's sitting out there. Okay. So I, I like thinking big and 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 having this big vision that's sitting out there. But but I always challenge to uh, what is everyone doing today to get us to that vision? Mm. And what are we celebrating today? Celebrate all the small wins today that are chipping away, getting us toward that vision. And if someone's working on something that's not really kind of leaning in toward that vision, then, then raise your hand and make it, make it, make it so that everybody has a voice. Uh, because if you go around the company, no matter, it could be as, as the person who's taking the, you know, the, the calls into the company, you know, as an, as like the exec, the, uh, the, the administrators or someone working the front desk or, or all the way through to all the people on the support calls or sales calls or marketing or development or, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. uh, finance, everyone's working on something. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, I, and I think, you know, when you set that vision, you sh it has to be a shared vision. It can't be that, you know, like the management team came up with a vision and tells everyone, hey, here's our vision. Like everyone has to be bought in, like working through, figuring out what that vision is. So, so they're, 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 there's a vested interest to want to achieve it. And, and so that's, you know, that to me is a really important thing in culture. 
to make sure that the mission and the vision is set. And all, then you take those and you move them down into bite-sized, you know, um, uh, key performance indicators and goals and, and measurement. And, and, you know, so you work through that. And then you celebrate the things that are being achieved that are getting us toward that. And I think we just have this thing that's set out there for three to five years and we don't tie back what we're doing today toward it. Right. Right. And that's kind of, you talked about those obstacles, the barriers, and then, but the celebrations, the bragging, I mean, that is so important because otherwise people just, you know, and, and we're, you're probably, you know, have a very strong work ethic, but we also need to really kind of stop and land on the celebrating the success that we are achieving the vision. And I, that's something that I've gotten much better with at age. Cause before I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm not retired yet. We just got to keep pressing on every single day. Right. Yeah. But for, for, if everyone's, if everyone's bought into the vision and, and whatever the small thing that someone does, that's, that, that is advancing, you got to celebrate it. So I'll celebrate the small and large wins. And right. I think most of the time we just, we just don't even I know, stop, yeah. stop to do that. We just, we just think about when we hit this big milestone, then we'll celebrate. But yeah. what about all the small ones that got you there? Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. And boy, that really helps get buy-in for the mission too when people see it all coming together. Because otherwise a lot of people are like, oh, well, maybe we'll get there. I, I love that. Thanks so much, Alex. Well, Alex, anything else for our leaders, um, just sharing with them leadership lessons on what it took you to pay the price of leadership to get um, to these successes that, that you haven't touched on that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, so, so I mean, maybe I sort of alluded to it, but price of leadership is, uh, you know, when I talk about title agnostic and what have you, uh, the, the willingness to step away, like, you know, put pride aside, put ego aside, put everything aside, you know, and even in the earliest days when it makes sense. So, you know, constant contact 17, 18 months into it, we brought in a, an amazing CEO who stayed with us all the way through IPO into acquisition. And, um, and so, so we, you know, we just make room, you make room for the, the right people to come in into, into those certain positions. Okay. And, and so, when we were starting, we talked, we had a conversation, the initial three and then, you know, a few, few, few even after that about being title, title agnostic. And that doesn't matter what our titles are. We just got to, you know, we just got to all chip in and do it at whatever it takes to make this thing successful. And that's wearing different hats at times. And, you know, sometimes you can't stay in your lane because so much is needed. But eventually you, you, when you start to fill in with the right people to be in that lane, then you go back to what your core lane should be. Um, and so, yeah, so I think, um, you know, just being just the willingness to be able to uh, bring others in doesn't matter levels, doesn't matter who's where. I, I uh, I've had so many conversations with somebody starting things like, well, I don't want to, I don't want between you and I, I don't want anyone to come between us. Like, I don't want to report to someone else. I don't want this. I don't want that. It's like right. you can't predict. You know, it's guarantee right. you will that you will have someone. Many, many could be many layers between. Right. Like this kind of that's that's the if this is going to evolve and this is a this is part of the part of growth we all right. have to be willing to accept that and many people are not they want to they will be some people just want to say they're an entrepreneur like i have some some folks in my life that have started something and have yet to bring it to market because they just want to say i'm an entrepreneur you know others like it, it's around execution and so sometimes execution requires you know uh, some things that are uncomfortable lonely all the things we've talked about and you've got to be you've got to you know make room for 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 those things for growth Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to find the right people? 
So I think that's a really, uh, that's something I know with, with me with scaling it. I mean, because I'm an operations person inherently, so I can always figure out the process. But without the right people, you said you knew when you came in and saw that CEO. How long had you been looking and, and how did you know? Yeah, so, so I mean, some of these things are, um, uh, so, 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 I mean, it, it, there's the art and the science of hiring the right people. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we all, you know, sometimes what you see on the surface is not exactly what you get. And mm -hmm. so things happen. But for the most part, you know, I think, I think culture, you got to, the conversation has to have culture in the mix. Right. So, so does someone fit the culture? Um, and so it's at all levels. And so, so, um, you know, yeah, if, I meet, you know if I just meet someone and they're good people and, and, you know, they're fun to be around and there's a, just a casual conversation and you can tell that they're, they care and, and that they're passionate about either what we're doing or our target market. And there's all, the, you know, there's all these things you'd say, okay, there's a good fit here. Um, and then of course you do the formality stuff to check references and everything else. But, um, you know, it's, the, uh, again, some of these things happen ep episodically around, you know, raise a bunch of money and maybe they, they, they'll want someone to come in at a certain level or, or growth requires that we bring in some other key management folks to really, you know, amp up the stuff we're doing. With the with the money we just got, we're going to spend it in marketing. We need a CMO. We need we need a you know someone a CTO, or we need to now bring in a product manager to take that off the plate of uh, uh, take that off the plate of this you know the CTO or head of engineering. Mm -hmm. And so those things happen just you know through through the evolution of the business. I love it. Uh, finding yeah. the right people, you know, um, in some several of the companies we have multiple people interview them, and some don't even aren't even in the the area of responsibility. Mm -hmm. so, so constant contact, you know, they asked me to do a lot of interviews. If I was in town, I, people coming in for interviews, I just go in and chat and say, listen, I, I have no say on whether you get this job or not. You know, I just hear that, you know, if you, you know, tell you anything you want to hear anything about the founding story or you want, you know, to just, you know, just talk about, you know, um, you know, anything around the company. I mean, just mm -hmm. here, you know, and I had a set of questions I wanted to ask, but I want to see what, where they would want to bring the conversation and. And so, so oftentimes I was just looking for culture fit and, and would they be a good sort of, you know, uh, person to, to join on the, you know, on the team. And, and again, not even in an area I'd ever touched day by day by day. Mm -hmm. It'd be funny where I talked to somebody and we, you know, our focus was very small business, the, the small businesses on main street of constant contact, plus a few other companies. And I remember I'll ask someone, so where, you know, do, what town do you live in? Do you, you know, do you go on the main street and shop? And they're like, no, nah, I buy everything on Amazon. You know, and I'm like, okay, so obviously a little adverse to going into small businesses, doesn't yeah. want to be local, and that's what we do, <laughs> you know. Very so, smart. I like so, that. Just, yeah. Just, you know, I think there has to be in the mix. Um, okay. Uh, it has to be in the mix for you, to, you know, for, for. In the mix. I love it. Seeing the culture fit. Um, and, and, you know, and it's like, you know, it's, you know, you go to a networking event or a social event and you're like, you meet someone, you're like, I feel like I've known you, you know, forever. Which is which we're we're experiencing here, <laughs> yeah. And and so 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 then you're like, okay, this is like it's comfortable, and and I could just I could spend time with this person and get to know them, and someday we'll work together or whatever it may be. And mm -hmm. and so so when you feel that, you know it's right. You yeah. Know, it's, uh, rush pick a box and hire somebody and feel the pressure. The board wants us to hire somebody. We've you know, all been there. Oh yeah. And you, you know, and then you rush it and you make a mistake. If you, right. Mistakes right. are too costly. 
that, yeah. Hey, and I'm watching the time, but I want to ask you one other thing, because you're the first person that we've had on here that is really in the front end, the startup and the VC. Okay. So I know, I think I know how you're going to answer, but with what's going on with the world, with finances, with everything going on, can you just give us some words as far as how you see the landscape and, and um, has anything changed? Has it gotten better? I mean, there's different challenges, but can you, can you share your insights on what you would uh, recommend to leaders out there that are going more the entrepreneurial, pure startup, raising capital route? Yeah, so, so, so uh, listen, lar the larger funds uh, and some, some are, are, are still closing large rounds. Like the money is there. It is. Uh, I think yeah. this last quarter, I think, um, and it, so in Boston or the East Coast, you know, Massachusetts anyway, you know, we had more money going into venture than we did the prior quarter, I think. So, mm -hmm. so, so everyone's, you know, all concerned, but, but I think, you know, the, the funds are there. And, and uh, you know, there's, there's no time like the president. I mean, if, someone start, if someone's starting something, they should just be bringing it forward. I love it. You know, people, people have time to take the meetings. And, you know, and, and uh, um, there's, you know, the opportunity, the opportunity is there for someone to take, that, uh, take the business to the next level. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I'm involved in something that we're, we're bringing to market and going out for, to raising funds and stocks and IPOs. So I'm more in tune with it now, but that's the same thing now. There's no better time to do it. And right. I think entrepreneurs intrinsically look at when everybody else says no, that's a good time to say yes. So thank you for echoing that. What do I know? I'm new to the whole thing. I'm an optimist by trade. I'm a, a cautious optimist, but it's good to hear that. I do still see a lot of money and a ton of money and stuff being poured in. And, and that's good to hear that that's just not my gut. There'll be more, there'll be more coming. I mean, you know, you're behind uh, when we have these kind of issues, market conditions, they're always, you know, coming out, it comes up, we come out stronger. So, good. so, so uh, anyone who says, well, I don't know if it's a good time or whatever, they're all excuses. It's kind it. of, you know, if you have an idea and you're bringing it forward now, so, so now's the time to go to be reaching out into your network and, and, and running your idea by, by others who may get involved with you and work with it also go out to your target market. Everyone's, everyone has a little more time now. You have oh, your strategic partners, yes. Mentors, yes. Possible investors. Everyone has a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so they're willing to take the Zoom call now and, and, uh, and have a chat. And, and um, you have to be smart about when you're going out to raise money because you don't want to go out. Like everyone hears like, oh, I'm, I'm a limited partner at Venture Fund. Oh, can I pitch my idea? They, don't, they haven't done the research to know, am I in the space? Have I done stuff similar? Right. If not me, someone else that's in the firm. Like, you got to do your homework to, to get, to make sure you're aligned. Because what happens is, like, someone goes out and they just talks to a bunch of people about money. And then they all say no, say, that's oh, not really in our sweet spot. Or that's not really my area of expertise. Or whatever the, whatever the, the, the reason. And so then someone, you get to someone who ultimately is, like, perfect for you. And they'll say, hey, have you talked to others? Yeah, we've. Had a, had six to eight, you know, venture meetings so far. Like, great. Has anyone invested yet? No. Then they see a red flag. Like, there's a problem. What's the problem? The problem is you weren't smart about going to the right people to begin with. Right. That said, you might have someone who's in who's in um, who's in venture, who's not necessarily the right fit for an investment, and you ask for an informational meeting. Like, could I right. could I you and run my idea by you and get feedback? So now you haven't put them in the category. I pitched them for money, and they said no. I pitch them to get their feedback. Absolutely. That's and, you, you, and so I, I, I raised first round of money with one of my companies going to someone that I just asked to, to go and give, you know, for, to go and present and get feedback. And they said, I love the idea. We want to give you money. Mm -hmm. 
No, I didn't, I didn't go in. I, that wasn't an expectation. Wasn't really sure if there was a fit there, but I want, I knew they've done really well and I wanted to get their, I wanted to get their input. And they said, we like it. We like you and we like it. We want to give you money. Well, I'm so glad you said that because somebody called me, was, was talking about books for their grandkids. They knew my dad, they read books. And I said, well, what are you doing now? And they said, well, we're doing this startup for this. And I'm like, that sounds fascinating. I went in on that. And so we're hosting an investor, din investor dinner up here in South Central PA. You just don't know. And I mean, I didn't plan on that, but you, you don't know. And then I'm bringing my friends in to just kind of, you know, just see. And, and I love that you said that it doesn't have to be a full on pitch, but doing your homework too, going to your core target uh, audience and asking them, hey, um, and I'm a publisher. People that come with me with a uh, with uh, a romance novel, I'm like, this is not this is not <laughs> not what we publish or werewolves, not what we publish, you know. So do your homework. I love that, Alec. Well, Alec, where can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So so best thing is my website, which is okay. Alec, alecspeaks.com, A-L-E-C speaks S-P-E-A-K-S dot com. And also there's a uh, a blog post on finding the right investor. So some of the stuff I just mentioned. There's a Man. few. New uh, blog posts I've just started putting out on those. Oh, these. Excellent. Well, I, uh, I need to pull them up because I'm going to be in that zone here in a couple, a couple months coming up. So thank you, Alex, so much for all the insights on what you shared with you, uh, how you paid the price of leadership. I appreciate your transparency and all the great tips I know our listeners got and I know I personally got. Super. And I appreciate it, Tracy. You're welcome. Okay, to our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure and hit the subscribe button. Give us the honor of a rating. Reach out to Alec because he wants to hear from you and have a tremendous day. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>